Tete, and welcome to History of Estonia, Episode 9. Estonia in the Middle Ages, the victors struggle for power. In last episode, we reached the end of the Estonian fight for freedom. In this episode, we look at the power struggle among the different factions in Old Livonia and learn who gained power, where, and how. The victorious parties now partitioned the land among various sides that contributed to the victory. The territories that were conquered in Estonia and Latvia would be called Livonia. The northern part of the country was ruled by Denmark and was called Estonia. The territories that were conquered copied the feudal system, which was in place throughout Europe at this time. The victorious sides were all maneuvering to gain power. Therefore, Livonia never became a united territory. Livonia was divided into regions headed by reigning princes and resembled small feudal states. The king of Denmark held the title Duke of Estonia, and he was represented in Tallinn fortress by a lord lieutenant. The areas ruled by Denmark were called Haryu-Viru. The other regions in Estonia that were under the ruling princes were the Bishop of Tartu, the Sarma Lanama Bishop, and, and the Livonian Order. The period of feudalization in Estonia is referred to as the period of Old Livonia. The secular power or non-religious power in Livonia was the military, which was the Livonian branch of the Teutonic Order. They were formed from the ranks of the Sword Brethren after a devastating defeat at the hands of the Lithuanians at the Battle of Saule in 1236, in which they lost around 55 knights, including the Master of the Order. The Livonian branch of the Teutonic Knights were ruled by a master, and he was underneath the Grand Master of the Teutonic Order located in Marienburg. But the Livonian branch was relatively independent during the Middle Ages, however. The areas controlled by the order were in modern-day Latvia and southern Estonia regions of Sakala, Jarva, and some smaller counties in central Estonia. The order also had land in Lanama and on the islands of Hiuma and Sarama. Riga was the capital in the beginning, but it was later moved to Sesis which held the largest fortress in the Latvian region. Within the structure of the Livonian order, the Brotherhood of Knights were the most important. They wore uniforms that consisted of white coats decorated by a black cross. And in the 14th century, there were two to 300 knights in the order. Other members of the order were called half-brothers, which consisted of tradesmen such as bakers, smiths, and shoemakers, and then there were priest brothers, and they held church offices and were highly esteemed in the order. Within Old Livonia, the Archbishop of Riga was the highest religious authority. He presided over the bishops of Tartu, Sadarma as well as Koronia. The bishops of Tartu presided over Ugandi County and Southern Volga, the capital of the diocese was in Tartu. As the name suggests, the Sarama Lanama diocese consisted of two main areas, Sarama and Lanama. 
There were constant disputes in the territory because of the territory was under the rule of the Livonian order. The first capital of the diocese was Vanaparnu, or Old Parnu in Estonian. Because Parnu was attacked by enemies on multiple occasions, the bishop soon moved to Hopsalu. The bishop of Tallinn was a spiritual head of the northern Estonia, and of course he was under Danish control. He reported to the Archbishop of Lund in Sweden. Overall, the maps of Estonia were divided up for their foreign rulers, more or less sticking to the ancient counties of Estonia. At first, the domination of the Estonians by their rulers did not, uh, was not so great that the rulers could do whatever they saw fit. Verbal and written treaties were made with the Estonians region by region. The treaty spelled out the Estonians' obligations, but it also spelled out certain rights that Estonians had. Overall, the Estonians were able to maintain the traditions and customs of ancient Estonians. Administering justice was put in the hands of feudal lords, but courts did include some native people, who were considered seekers of justice, or hirsnik in Estonian. The hirsnik were representatives from villages and were selected from the peasant class. During this period, even though they were a conquered people, the Estonians were still said to have had a, a military of considerable strength. Although the new lords often had to force the Estonians to go along on military expeditions. The different regions of Estonia all had different relationships with their conquerors. Since Sakala and Ugandi were defeated in the most bloody of fashion, they lived with the most restrictions and under direct rule. Lanama and Sarama had surrendered under more advantageous conditions and were able to maintain independence. The people of Haryu region and Viruma fell somewhere in between. After the Sword Brethren were defeated at the Battle of Saule in 1236, the people of Sarama declared their independence and were able to maintain their freedom until the year 1241 when the master of the order was able to force them into submission and signed an agreement. The islanders once again converted to Christianity and paid a small tax. The islanders were still able to govern under a guidance of their local elders. A representative of the foreigners called a bailwick visited once a year to preside over the court. In 1255, the people of Sarama agreed to support the order if they were attacked. Therefore, they were able to maintain their political rights. In the year 1260, the Livonian order were soundly defeated in the Battle of Derbe by the Samogitsians, and the master of the order was killed. Some Baltic areas rose in revolt, hoping to capitalize on the order's defeat. Among those rebelling, of course, were the people of Sodermaw. The uprising brought retaliation by the order and its allies in the form of destructive raids in 1261. The islanders confronted the order and were engaged in a pitched battle in which neither side was able to get the upper hand. The acting master of the order, George, sent crossbowmen into the woods and told them to attack, not only warriors, but any non-combatants they came across. A massacre of women and children occurred and the island's fighting men 
had to break off from the battle to try and defend their families. The islanders were forced yet again to sign a treaty with the order. One could say there was, of course, a lack of trust between the conquerors and the conquered. The Germans and Danes didn't trust the Estonians very much, and, and they worked at keeping them separated and spread out, so that they wouldn't mass together and rebel, as they were likely to do. Estonians were not allowed to live in fortresses, which is understandable, since we recently learned about the revolt in Viljandi, in which the Estonians overthrew the fort and slaughtered the Germans. With time, taxes gradually went up and freedom was reduced. Trading and seafaring were forbid to those living in the country, which hurt those living along the coast in Haryu, Lanama, and Sarama, as these regions historically depended more on the sea for their living and due to the fact that soil conditions were not so good for farming. Initially, everyone was expected to pay their tithes, which was 10% of the grain that was produced in a year. After time, this was extended to cattle and with additional taxes on timber and hay. It was also expected that the locals were to provide the, for, for priests and pay local church tax, which amounted to 10% of the tithe. All of these taxes were not able to be paid every year because of poor harvest. If the taxes were not able to be paid, this gave a reason to cut back on the personal freedoms of the peasants and give them further obligations. So when a crop failure and a famine occurred in the year 1315, the peasants were further burdened with restrictions of freedom and taxes. The peasants were, however, able to keep their personal freedoms and were permitted to, con to conduct trade, but compared to the times of independence, the situation appeared unjust. During the entire Middle Age, Estonia was characterized by a struggle for power and influence between the church and state, and between the cities and the reigning princes. Since the, ter since the territory had been conquered by the Holy Crusade under the guidance of the church, the Archbishop of Riga believed himself to be the highest authority in Livonia, since he was the highest authority within the church. On multiple occasions, Tensions between the Archbishop and the Livonian order broke out into military confrontations. The first civil war was between the Bishop and the order, with the coalition of Riga and the Archbishop, along with the Bishops of Tartu and Sarma Lanama, going up against the order. The order put its military strength to use and defeated the coalition of bishoprics, and afterwards and afterwards, the order, along with the political powers located in Paide, formed a confederation against the city and the Archbishop of Riga. The chaotic situation and constant complaints to Rome by both sides triggered the Pope to send a papal legate by the name of William of Modena to try to resolve the disputes. William traveled around Livonia, talking at length to those who felt they, were, they had been wronged. A historical document was created on a roll of parchment 30 meters long. This document was proven to be valuable historical resource as it lays out many specific wrongdoings of the order. 
An intermediary state was created to try and provide a buffer zone between the Danish north and the order in the south. This area consisted of Jarva, Viruma, and Lanama, and this state was under direct control of the Pope. But it wasn't long before the intermediary state was destroyed by the Danes in the north and the order to the south. The order proved to be the stronger of the two, and after suppressing the Estonian supporters of the intermediary state, made a move and attacked the Danes in Tallinn and forced the fortress to surrender in 1227. The papacy tried to resolve the conflict in Old Livonia by creating a papal state, but the sword brethren refused to leave Tompea fortress in Tallinn. In 1223, the sword brethren and vassals supporting the Pope engaged in a bloody battle on the grounds of Tompea fortress. And of course, the sword brethren severely defeated the vassals, which included some Estonians, and left several hundred dead. Many of the vassals fled to St. Mary's Church for sanctuary, which is still in service today, but was not named St. Mary's at this time. The sword brethren gave no quarter and slew the remaining vassals at the church altar. The sword brethren put the dead in a large pile and brought in Estonians from the surrounding area to show them the dead bodies. Of course, this was designated, designed to show that, that what would happen if they rebelled. Therefore, the papal state never came to pass. After the slaughter, the sword brethren stormed the fortress in which the vassals resided and imprisoned the vassals and peasants that remained. The dispute was not resolved until 1238 with the Treaty of Stensby between the Danes and the Livonian Order, who were the successors of the Sword Brethren after they were destroyed at the Battle of Saule by the Lithuanians in 1236. This agreement gave Tallinn and the surrounding area of Haryu region and Viruma back to the Danes and left Jarva to the Order. This agreement also laid out military alliance between Denmark and the Order, with two-thirds of future territory gained in the east going to Denmark, and one-third going to the Order. The Stensby Agreement secured Danish, Danish interest in Estonia and prevented the Livonian Order from holding sole possession of the region. With both sides looking to gain more territory in the east in both pagan and Russian Orthodox lands. We will leave our timeline here for the moment, with the powers in Livonia agreeing to not fight each other, but to fight and conquer lands to the east, which meant going against the Russian principalities. In the next episode, we describe how the nobility was formed, and we talk about the epic battle on the ice of frozen Lake Pepsi. Until next time, Nagamisini. <laughs>